Some final thoughts on the Buccaneers' loss to the Lions in the divisional round and then turning the page into off-season mode. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this WTSP Thursday episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily podcast. Yeah, change up <laughs> your daily podcast covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JRCO underscore Bucks, deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. He is Evan Klosky at E. Klosky WTSP. You know him, you love him from 10 Tampa Bay and 10 Tampa Bay.com. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. One of the ways you can support the show is become a Locked On Bucks insider. You're going to get news, the inside scoop, exclusive content, and texting with me all directly to your phone. You can become an insider by going to jointsubtext.com slash locked on bucks. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. What are Evan's biggest offseason priorities for the Buccaneers? And we're not done with the crystal ball quite yet. That is all coming up in a little bit. But Evan, let's start things off by putting a bow on the Bucks divisional round loss to the Detroit Lions. It was a game where it felt like the Lions were in control most of the day, but the Bucks did go down swinging. What are kind of your biggest takeaways from that loss and kind of how this season ended for Tampa Bay? I don't know if the Lions were in control most of that day. Uh, they were certainly in control in the second half. Uh, more specifically, really the end of the third and uh, and halfway through the fourth. I mean, um, the dam broke, defensively speaking. I mean, Ben Johnson just tore Todd Bowles a new one. Um, but I mean, yeah, go back to the first. Yeah, the, dam, the dam kind of broke the moment that Jamel Dean was carted off the field. You know, those two things kind of coincided with one another. Yeah, I mean, you know, not that. Um, not that I think Jamel uh, would have made uh, a, a large difference. It certainly affected – the only play I can think of was that third and 16. They went to Amon Ra, which would have been Jamel's side. Zion was there. Uh, and Jamel, outside of having stone hands on that interception, you know, had his best game of the season uh, yeah. before the injury. But, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about the first half. The Buccaneers gifted – the Lions, six points. They gifted them three because of the interception, which was, I thought, uh, uh, you know, that that never should have been the call. They should have just ran it, punted, played, you know, especially after going three and out in that first drive. You know, they were able to pick up some yards. The sack sent them back. Just, you know, play the field position battle. The whole thing Todd Bowles talked about is, you know, want to play. We don't want to get the uh, the crowd into it. And, uh, and that really changed things. So you had three points um, from, that, from that interception. 
on top of the the Jamel Dean, which I mean, technically it's three points period, I should say, because you know Jamel Dean would would have stole the three points I'm talking about. But um, even with that, you would have entered the break leading by three. Um, there were there were so many positives to take away from the offense, but the negatives were big negatives. So the difference, the Lions played a lot like Michigan, the football team, uh, which is, you know, topical considering Jim Harbaugh is now going to the Chargers. But when you play against the Michigan Wolverines, they force you to beat, you're going to beat them with your best. If you bring your best, you will win the game. But I'll tell you this, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm not going to give you turnovers. I'm not going to give you silly penalties. Um, the best thing the Bucks got from the Lions was an Amon Ra third down drop, which should have been another first down on like a third and eight, and he just straight up dropped it. So that was like the best break that the Bucks got. Now, offensively, they were moving the ball at will, but they ate a handful of gnarly sacks, which totally ruined flows of these big drives. And uh, they turned the ball over twice. Um, so the lesson was the Buccaneers had a shot to beat the Lions, but it was going to have to be a shootout, and they were going to have to not shoot themselves in the foot. And though they just made too many mistakes against a, a, a team that refused to give you an inch. Uh, you were going to have to earn it, and you are going to have to earn it um, – which they were letting you earn it uh, offensively speaking. I mean, Baker had nearly 350 yards, the offense north of 400. I mean, you would have signed up for those offensive numbers all day, every day. It's just the sacks and um, really the, the number one thing that Dave Canales got exposed with, along with Baker Mayfield, were these, um, these blitzes from the DBs and not accounting for it, these you know, hot reads. They should have been, oh, crap, blitz is coming, Boop, ball right out, boom, ball's right out. So that wasn't, uh, you know, like the Aiden Hutchinson sack wasn't really a screw-up by the offensive line. It was that six charge Baker versus five, and the minute that Aiden was let free, Baker has to let that ball go quickly, and he has to go to his hot read, and that happened three times in the game, and that is um, – Going into next year, if Dave Canales is not hired as the head coach in Carolina, that is something Dave Canales has to fix with this offense is the protection and how to make sure that teams can't exploit him from the edges like that, where, uh, you know, we've kind of seen it all year long. Even go back to, you know, go back to the game against Minnesota where Brian Flores was sending a blitzer all day against Baker Mayfield and, uh, and, they really stymied that offense for nearly an entire half. So um, overall, kind of encapsulated the season, I feel like. I think there were some, some really good highs. I thought there were some inconsistent lows, a uh, lot of potential, but ultimately not clean enough. So I think that's really how I judge the season. A lot of positives to take away heading into next year, but, but ultimately a team that was young and just um, not ready to make the Super Bowl run capable, capable to, to beat a team like the Lions, but it would have been it would have been necessary to, to throw up a, a perfect punch 
And you can only do that a few times in a year. They did it against the Eagles. They did it against the Packers. Um, and offensively speaking, I guess they get it. They did it against the Texans. Um, uh, but, Jack but as, Jacksonville, thank you. That's another good example. I would even say, you know, offense wasn't really humming in the game, but the Titans, I thought, was a strong effort. So um, just that's what it takes. That's what it takes. You got to play clean football. And, um, but uh, as I said, you know, I said, if they win a playoff game, start the boat parade. And that's still kind of how I feel. And the, the tough part is the Buccaneers were, were really healthy most of the year. And that doesn't come around every year, you know. Uh, even think back to last year, you use a guy like you, like Shaq Barrett, you know, pre Achilles injury. Year before that, you lose a guy like Chris Godwin. They didn't really suffer a catastrophic season-ending injury with any of their players. Their whole offensive line was mostly intact, except a, a filer injury where he lost his job. So. Those are sort of the variables that you can't account for making deep runs. And the only thing was the Buccaneers were fully healthy and so were the Lions. And, you know, that's what, it, you know, it would have been interesting to see what the Buccaneers could have done against um, a, a team like the Niners with that Debo Samuel in a revenge tour type of situation. But, you know, say la vie, a lot of positives. I think ultimately we leave with a good taste in our mouth. Yeah, certainly uh, uh, plenty to build on, but there's still lots of work to be done if the Bucs are going to win a fourth straight division and return to the playoffs for a fifth straight year. So we're going to talk about your top offseason priorities. That is next on this episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. And with all the parts that you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Thank you again for making Locked on Bucks your first listener view every single day. Everydayers, make sure you are coming back Friday at 7. Still going to go live on YouTube at 7 o'clock for the Friday episode. But in the meantime, Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'm sure they will have plenty to say about the uh, Jim Harbaugh hiring over with the Los Angeles Chargers. But 
bringing it back to Bucks world, Evan, lots of free agents, an offensive coordinator taking head coaching interviews, uh, potential vacancy at quarterback, all kinds of things going on with the Buccaneers now that the season is over. So let's talk about what the Buccaneers and Jason Light need to prioritize. And I want to start with your top priority. What is the number one thing that the Buccaneers absolutely have to do this offseason? I've said it all year. And I've said it to anybody who's ever said that this team is a QB away, Baker's not the answer, whatever. The fact is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not be a Super Bowl contender slash, I mean, they were technically a contender this year. Super Bowl winner, I'll say. Super Bowl team. If they do not get someone who can get after the damn quarterback in the pass rush, one-on-one, mano-a-mano, they just, Todd Bowles can scheme up all the blitzes he wants. But the great teams are going to exploit that. They could not generate enough consistent pressure on the Lions. And sometimes they blitzed and they just dumped it right down and it was a big game. Sometimes they blitzed and it worked. And we, we saw a couple of sacks in that game. But there, it's, it's very hard um, on a defense on the back end to cover essentially – you know, in open space all this time, if a pass rush doesn't get back there, and it really leads to a lot of explosives. That's why we saw a ton of explosives against the Buccaneers this year. It's why their their passing defense was an atrocity, uh, partly because their zone defense was really, really bad. And, and Todd needs to revisit depth and some of these things with his, with his DBs um, and linebackers of just, like, how to handle that because it was a mess. But – uh, ultimately, they need someone on the edge who is a threat and you need to worry about because let's say you have a stud coming off the edge. Well, now, as an offense, I have to worry about that person, right? I, I have to not only you know have my tackle go up against them, but maybe I got a chip now. Now I got to maybe bring my running back to help out and pass pro. Well, now you just took out the running back from the offensive scheme, right? Imagine if the Lions didn't have Jameer Gibbs flying out, right? Or you can exploit that when they did do that. Uh, and then in doing so, if you draw attention to the edge, now you got Vita Vea, who you got to double. You got to double Vita. How are you not going to double Vita? So you got to double on Vita. You got to chip on the edge. And now you got Kalijah Kansi on the inside, who's probably going to have a one-on-one, who will mess up anybody on a one-on-one. So... And that's not to say you now have the other guy who on the edge, right? Like, I mean, we think that Shaq might not be around next year. Even he admitted, look, my contract production, usually that's a marriage of getting cut. But, you know, I love Yaya Diaby. I don't think he's a one. I think he's a, a, a I think he would be an excellent two, uh, maybe, you know, uh, an all-star three. I think that even if you had Shaq as a two or a three, that would be great, not at the number that he's at right now. Uh, Joe Tryon Shanka as a four, I think, you know, he was better in just a limited snap role. Not perfect, but if he's just playing 15 or so snaps, I think you can, you know, you put him there on, on rushing downs. I think he can maybe do some things. He generated some pressure. I think his analytics were a little bit better than his production. Not to say that, you know, I don't envision that the Bucs are going to give him his fifth-year option. But, um, you, you know, he didn't, he didn't live up to the Jason Light. This is a big year for him. But 
again, base point, you need a stud. You need a stud on the edge. And without that, I think the defense is going to be inconsistent up and down. That's just the way it is. You can stop the run, but you're not going to generate enough pressure. Teams will pick you apart, so on and so forth. Um, so that's, that is number one. All right. Well, I mean, and, and there's going to be guys in, in free agency. There's going to be guys in the draft, and it's definitely something we're going to continue to explore as we get deeper into the offseason. But let's talk about a couple of other priorities. That's obviously your one. You are going to have maybe a 1B or a, a 2 and then maybe a 3. What are some of the other things that the Buccaneers must do this offseason in order to continue contending? I think they're going to have to get another safety. Uh, I think Todd Bowles maybe took that position for granted. They had Jordan Whitehead, and he was, he was pretty good in that role. They weren't going to pay him the money that he wanted, went to the Jets. Then they had Mike Edwards, who was a ball hawk, had good moments, had some iffy moments. They were not going to pay him, you know, in free agency. Then they signed Ryan Neal, and it was an utter disaster. Love Ryan was a heck of a character um, and, and, and a really good human being. Not good. Just what Bowles tried to take him out of what he does best. And even in that indie game, you know, uh, the third string tight end is juking you in open space. He looks lost at times. He just... He's not as versatile as Todd would have liked. They need someone to fulfill that role. And, uh, uh, you know, having, having someone work in concert with Antoine like that, I think would really, again, also help Antoine a little bit, uh, you know, not having to do too much or be, be stuck in certain positions. Uh, so it's not a safety is not really a position that you want to spend money on unless you are Timothy Winfield. Um, but, with them spending money on Winfield, it does make sense to go into the draft, try to get someone who you can develop for the next four years. And, you know, because that's the thing about safeties usually in the draft, they can probably come in day one and find a spot, right? We saw Izian do it as a, as a slot corner type. Um, and I just think that, that they, were, they were one DB short into what Todd wanted to do and, and, and really felt evident at a lot of portions of this year where uh, Ryan Neal was taking advantage or they had to then change some things to make sure that they weren't completely exploited by it. So, um, you know, think back to there was a couple plays in Indy game. Think back to the first Falcons game, just kind of a handful that, that um, you know, stick out to me like earlier in the year where Ryan was just, you, you were like, okay, we're going to go through the growing pains, and then it just never got better. Yeah, well, and, and I'm not saying, you know, never say never, but Jordan Whitehead, pending free agent, maybe they try to go ahead and figure out something to bring him back. Uh, that it's, it, it's possible. I remember a bite when Whitehead went to the Jets. Topol said that, you know, Jordan was like a son to me. So I know that they have a good relationship. So I'm not discounting that one. I do wonder on the price tag, if the price tag's right um, and the draft doesn't fall the way they want or they want to go in a different direction because there are there are a couple other things on my list, which we might get to. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, tell you what, we're going to we're going to get your number three priority coming up in just a minute, as well as uh, pulling out that crystal ball of yours yet again. That is all coming up next here on Locked on Bucks. 
The NFL regular season is wrapped up, but there's still time to get in on the postseason action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, by just placing a $5 bet. It's championship weekend, and the Baltimore Ravens are three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs, while the San Francisco 49ers are seven-point home favorites over the Detroit Lions. The FanDuel app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and of course, your traditional money line bets, spread bets, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Wrapping things up here on a WTSP Thursday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And Evan, let's go ahead and get your number three priority for the Buccaneers this offseason. You've mentioned you got to get a, a guy, a you know, a top dog to come off the edge. You've brought up giving Antoine Winfield Jr. some help on the back end with the safety spot. So what is the number three priority for you if the Buccaneers are going to repeat as NFC South champs? My number three, and then I'll give my honorable mentions after this. Number three is guard. Um, I like, I you know, at points I liked what Stinney did. I do think that Stinney is a great backup. I think he's someone who can definitely pinch it. Thought he was... Um, Exposed a little bit too much on the line there. I am very bullish on Cody Malk. He just needs to, as I've said this also all year long, man better be eating Chipotle three times a day, seven days a week, the entire offseason. He just needs to get bigger. Young kid, but you see the technique. You see some of the things that he can do. I really like Cody Malk long term. If you remember, it's not like Ali Marpet was all world first year either. This is sort of the thing that you have to do and 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 build up the confidence. Got the first year under his belt. And, uh, you know, I, I think Robert Hainsey showed me that at least for another year, you can probably run him out there at center. Uh, I think his ceiling is limited. I don't think he's ever going to be a Ryan Jensen type. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the worst center in the league. I don't think he's ever going to be the best center. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 center. But I also don't think he's going to be a, a bottom 10 guy, he's, he's probably average. I think he's an average center and probably someone who you can roll into next year with um, if you fix that guard spot. So that would be number three because I just um, I think that line needs to be shared up just a little bit more on the interior. All right. And, and then you mentioned my honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver. Even if you bring back Mike Evans. Um, I would say that if you bring back Mike Evans, it might signal the end of Chris Godwin here because, with you know, are you going to commit another 20-some-odd million again to a, a wide receiver? So I don't know. But they need to start grooming the next wide receiver. And it might, do, it might, be, a, 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 it might be great to bring that individual in with an Evans and a Godwin 
uh, even with Palmer and, and all the, those people in there, I, you need somebody else that has a little bit of a higher ceiling. Um, so I would say maybe wide receiver because that that need looks like it could be uh, helpful moving forward. And then also uh, tight end, I would really like – I mean, what Kate Otten did this year was unreal. He played 100% of the snaps against Indy. He is a tight end playing 90%, north of 90%, all the snaps. Like, I understand he's not the world's best blocking tight end, which is why I think, you know, to me, I think you need to upgrade a little bit from – and Co'Keefe was, was all right in spots. You need someone who's a little bit more athletic, where when Co'Keefe's on the field, that team's actually, you know, fear him as a pass catcher. Uh, I like Co'Keefe. It's just, he, you know, he's more of like that fullback type. Um, so – I think that, that you just need someone who's going to be able to give K the blow, and you need you need a little bit more versatility there at tight end. But Cade had an amazing postseason. I think his blocking is is a little underrated. Uh, not saying that he's great, but I think people uh, are a little bit too harsh on him blocking. But I, I do think that if Dave Canales comes back, he's somebody that really utilized the tight end a lot. In not just you know not just passing game but running game, he needs a little bit more depth there, and um, you know, and and then also you probably need someone behind Rashad White. But I, I I'd be cool running it back with Chase Edmonds. But to me, uh, I love Rashad. I love Rashad. They figured out a way to make those runs work. I still think uh, he. I I I still don't know if he's a true every down back i'd like to ease him off a few rushes per game and really focus in on second and third downs with him predominantly and getting him into open space more and more and turning him kind of into a wide receiver three to be honest because his hands are so damn good but uh really i mean shout out to rashad also who carried the load and and progressed i mean really what you know even todd said was frustrated the first handful of weeks Heard crap from guys like me, still saying, still count them out. Put it, put me on your corkboard. Say like I'm going to prove him wrong. And he nearly almost rushed for a thousand yards. Really turned it on at the back half of the year. Uh, truly a weapon in this offense. I, I also believe he's arguably the best pass catching running back in the game. And I just need to see him be a little bit more decisive on runs. This isn't the rushing scheme where you can kind of see everything, plan it out, and go. You have to go and figure it out while you're moving. Um, and that's that's the transition I want to see him make going into year three is making quicker decisions on the fly. Yeah, well, and even if they bring back Chase Edmonds, I think you still need at least one more running back, right? You know, Sean Tucker yeah. isn't exactly who they thought he was going to be. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is Keyshawn gone. So you, you're still going to need at least one more body there, right? Yeah. So, there's, you know, and that's yeah. my whole thing with bringing Baker back is that there are a lot of holes when you talk about it. Well, you know, uh, safety, uh, what was the first one? I a pass rush, um, corner. Uh, guard you need you need more corner depth you need uh another linebacker you know there's you need another wide receiver you need another tight end there's a lot that you this team needs to build a little bit more in the depth department which is going to help now that they have a little bit more money but remember the money is just going to cover 
the guys, they got to, you know, they're going to have to sign Tristan long-term. They're going to have to tag Antoine. They're going to have to get Mike Evans. You know, that money's going to go real quick. So, um, you know, that's why they really need a big draft again. And then do the draft and you fill in the holes with a, with a free agent here or there. And again, my, my eyes are more set on um, maybe 2025 of really being a team that uh, is ready to pounce. But in sports, oftentimes we think that they're two years away and they happen to just come back next year and just, you know, blow us away. So, um, yeah, you know, that's the, that's the crazy part of that, the NFL. It's, I mean, the turnover is nuts. So the Bucks are actually one of the, the better teams in the league of just continually keeping their guys. So um, I know we got to get some picks in, so I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, and rapid fire this a little bit. We're going to talk yeah. about championship weekend. So let's start with the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., all, all of the all of the big names. Uh, what is your bold prediction for the AFC championship? Uh, Lamar Jackson does not throw a touchdown. Ooh. Yeah. So he rushes in like four. Is that what you're saying? No, I. I mean, he maybe he gets in a little scramble. I. I um. I mean, I'm. I, my bold prediction is that the Chiefs are going to win this game. Okay. Yeah. So I, to, I mean, they're they're so. three three point underdogs on the road. I mean, uh, my my point is that Lamar is not going to have a good game. I, I guess whatever bet under on everything. I don't know. I'll say zero bold predictions. Zero touchdowns for Lamar, rushing or throwing. All right, and obviously you're you're taking the Chiefs to win. What's the score of that one going to be? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it uh, twenty Chiefs, and I'm gonna go thirteen Ravens. All uh, right, the Chiefs the, the Chiefs defense is ridiculously good. So yeah. I, I think uh, a I don't think you have to fear the wide receivers outside of Zay Flowers, who's legit. But I, I think that they'll have a pretty good game plan to make sure that they stop. Uh, the rushing attack, and once you do that, and you can keep Lamar in the pocket, I think for the most part they're cooked. So, um, Chiefs, they got the pedigree. We've all counted them out all year, and they're somehow going to wind up in the Super Bowl again. It's just sort of the Brady script. Yeah, it's it's kind of gross when you when you think about it. All right, let's go from the East Coast over to the West Coast and uh, the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. What is your NFC championship bold prediction? Um, my bold prediction is that I didn't really have a good one for this. Um, I don't even know if this is bold prediction. Jared Goff, three interceptions. Ooh. Or three turnovers, we'll say. Road golf. Road golf. That, three that's, turnovers for Jared Goff. That's a bad day for Lions fans. Uh, I can only assume then that you're picking the, uh, what would that be, Super Bowl 54 rematch of the 49ers and the Chiefs. What's your score prediction for the NFC Championship? Uh, I'm going to pick the, the 49ers uh, 28 and the Lions 17. All right. You heard it here. Evan Klosky says we're going to have the Chiefs and the Niners uh, in the Super Bowl. 
make sure that uh, you hold Evan accountable for his bold predictions and roast him mercilessly if he's wrong, because that's just what we do on this show. In the meantime, uh, we are going to bid you all a fair adieu. Make sure you are becoming a Locked On Bucks insider. Go to jointsubtext.com slash Locked On Bucks. Check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Check out Evan on 10 Tampa Bay and at 10TampaBay.com. And of course, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 